Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and this week I am back doing a review on another supplement that a listener has asked me about, which is L-carnitine. So let's just get right into it, shall we? The first thing you need to know is what is L-carnitine? <laughs> L-carnitine is a compound that's made from a combination of two amino acids. In particular, if you want to geek out about it, it's lysine and methionine. And amino acids are just components of protein. So anytime you are eating a protein source, you should be getting a good dose of lysine and methionine, assuming that it is a complete protein source. And from that, we make this compound called L-carnitine. And as you might guess or suspect from what I just said, our diets tend to be the biggest source of L-carnitine. And in particular, it's meat products. So meat is a very high source of L-carnitine. Humans can also synthesize L-carnitine from the component amino acids if we need to, but most of the time we're getting it from our food stuff. When we do synthesize it, we make it in our liver and kidneys, and we will store it in some of our metabolically active tissues. And in particular, I'm talking about things like our muscles and our brain. The reason why I'm bringing up how we synthesize it is because normally you do not see true carnitine deficiency except in people who have a true clinical issue. So if you have like chronic kidney disease or something like that, then that can cause issues with your own production of L-carnitine. So that makes you at greater risk for being in a true deficiency. But outside of that, honestly, we don't really see too much carnitine deficiency in humans. Some other interesting notes about L-carnitine, which will segue us into, you know, whether or not it's actually useful. There is no point in supplementing carnitine at a dose greater than two grams, okay? Don't need to do it. Our body cannot absorb more than that. So the theoretical maximum dose of a supplement is two grams. And if you are trying to optimize it, then the peak blood levels occur at about three and a half hours after you have ingested it. So on the back end, if we do find that there are performance improvements from supplementing with L-carnitine, then you would want to be strategic with when you actually ingest it. Another interesting note about L-carnitine is that it has a very, very long half-life. Okay, the half-life is about 15 hours, which means if you take it in the morning, you still have more than half of it in your system by the time night rolls around, okay? So because of this long half-life, this suggests that there could be a buildup effect if you are constantly taking it every single day. Carnitine has been shown to help out in a lot of different clinical conditions. And because we have this historical data, which shows, hey, carnitine can help out in a clinical brain, someone with Alzheimer's disease or someone with cognitive impairments. What if, what if it also helps out in a normal, healthy brain? Okay, so this, has, this speculation has led to L-carnitine being provided in various supplemental blends with the uh, supposed cognitive enhancing promise 
Okay, so there's a lot of claims that it can enhance cognitive performance. And we have some theoretical mechanisms that suggest that it can be a nootropic or it can be a cognitive enhancing supplement. Okay, uh, the, the prerequisite condition is met. And by that, I mean it can readily cross the blood-brain barrier. So if anything is going to impact the brain, it has to get to the brain. And L-carnitine does that. So, you know, we've checked that box. That's nice. We also know that it does help in these clinical brains. And so the next logical conclusion is, hey, does it help in a healthy brain? Can it be used to take my performance from 100% to 110%? And that's where this review article comes into play because this review article looks specifically at research trials that only used healthy participants. And that's what we care about, me and you. We want to see, can this compound be useful for us? So what these this researcher did, it was uh, the, the article is actually a Cochrane review. Um, the lead author was Chen, C-H-E-N, and it was done in 2017. Cochrane reviews are very well known, okay? Uh, it, this, is, this is an organization that puts together data from a lot of medical research, and their primary goal is to simply help healthcare practitioners make better decisions. So you can trust the Cochrane review system, and anytime you're curious about a topic, I would definitely go check them out to see if they've already done something on the topic that you're curious about. And so how a meta-analysis works, just a quick little background, is whenever there is limited data, they will pool the data from a lot of different research studies to increase the sample size. So let's say you have 10 labs and they've each done research on 10 participants. Well, any single study in isolation is just 10 people, which doesn't really generalize well to the, the overall population. But if you pool all 10 labs together, now you have 100 people. And so you've 10 x the generalizability of these findings. Generally, what you want to see is that the weight of the evidence is pointing in one direction or another. Any claim you make, I can find a research study saying the exact opposite. Any claim I make, <laughs> I can find research studies saying the exact opposite of what I believe to be true, okay? And that's because the weight of the evidence is pointing in the direction that I'm suggesting. So for example, if you had 10 labs and they all researched the same thing, one of them found that the supplement didn't help, but nine of them found that the supplement did help, you're much more inclined to believe the, the result that it did help because nine different labs found the results to be the same, right? That it did help. Whereas the one lab seems like it was the outlier. And, and that's the case with all researchers. You can't just look at a single study in isolation. And so for that reason, meta-analyses, particularly in the nutrition field, are very important. Okay, they really help us separate fact from fiction. So the Cochrane Review, they did an initial screen on all of the top databases and after the initial screener, there were 191 potential studies that were worthy of inclusion. They put human eyes on it, and only 22 of those 191 made the cut and were worth doing a full review. So then after they did a full review on these 22 studies, only two met inclusion criteria. 
So <laughs> this is pretty small, right? Only two research studies. So this should tell you that the state of the evidence for L-carnitine in normal, healthy individuals is quite lacking, okay? So regardless of whatever this review finds or found, I, I know I now know the answer to this question, but uh, regardless of the results that, that a review finds, when there's only two studies in there, y- you can't really draw a serious conclusion. This just means that this area is really under-researched and more research must be done. But let's go through it, shall we? Study one, what they did was they had a bunch of healthy participants thumbs up, they wanted to look at carnitine versus lecithin versus the combination of the two on cognition in healthy adults. Second study was whether or not acute supplementation with carnitine can enhance exercise performance, cognitive function, and cortisol levels in healthy adults. And the second study was actually only published as a conference abstract, okay? So the full thing was not actually published in a journal. And so there was no data that could be used from study two. So our two-study sample has just been narrowed down to one study. Study one had a bunch of problems. The Cochrane Review researchers, they reached out to the first study researchers and they were like, hey, can you give us some more data? Because you had some problems in here. And they did not reply. So that that's a problem. But the, the key finding from study one was that there was no evidence that three days of 500 milligram carnitine improved any metric that they looked at for cognitive performance. And even in the second study, which we're kind of discrediting because there was no real data, it was just an abstract, that study also reported there were no differences between those who took carnitine and those without. So, you know, where does this leave us? Previous data has shown, like I said, that carnitine can help in a clinical brain. You know, it helps in cognitive impairments and Alzheimer's disease and so on. But these two studies with healthy young brains failed to show enhancements. Other studies have shown that nutritional supplements containing L-carnitine can enhance cognitive performance in healthy individuals. But these studies were looking at supplements that had many, many other ingredients. And so they were this big old blend. The effects of carnitine alone were not investigated, and its contribution to the enhancing effects is similarly unknown. You can't tease it apart from the other ingredients. But based on the results from these two studies, (laughs) uh, it it seems like L-carnitine as a neurotropic is a bust. Okay, and when you pair it with the physiological data, when you pair it with what we know that you're not really going to be deficient in it, and it's only in clinical brains that we're seeing enhancements, this is kind of more of the same. And this is usually what we see in the nootropic field is that we, it has great promise in these clinical brains, and then it falls flat when you start looking at healthy individuals. And the fact that these two studies did fall flat, it kind of tells me that I think the researchers know it's not really going to do anything, and that's why it's not really being investigated as much. So my opinion, we don't really have any convincing evidence right now that it's doing anything in healthy individuals. Seems like a waste of money, and I, I probably wouldn't be trying to go after it. Your body is honestly 
probably making enough of it on its own and you're probably getting it from your diet. So unless you have a true deficiency, I don't see any reason to be taking this for nootropic reasons. So sorry that this episode was probably a downer. (laughs) No real finding, no real conclusion can be made. I do think more research should be done. We might see in the future that maybe acetyl L-carnitine, which more readily crosses the blood-brain barrier than, than other formulations, maybe at different doses, maybe in particular metrics, maybe it can help, but we just don't have the data yet. So more research needs to be done. But until I see some better evidence, I'm not going to be recommending this to anyone that I come across, unfortunately. So hopefully in the future, I'll I'll be answering some questions about some supplements that do do things because that's what we're all looking for, right? Is what can I do to enhance my performance? Maybe I'll try to find one and maybe I'll try to cherry pick one. So that way next week is a little bit more favorable. But with that out of the way, hopefully this answered your question appropriately. You who asked me, you know who you are. And yeah, if you enjoyed this, please do share it with a friend. I am trying to grow the podcast and it really goes a long way. You know, any kind of help you can provide would be greatly appreciated. I'm out of here. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.